So good. Well, thank you, team, again for leading us. And I want to go ahead and point our attention right now to the Bible as we open up God's Word to the book of Ephesians, where we'll find ourselves, kind of feels weird to say, but in Ephesians chapter 6, chapter 6, we have spent so long in chapter 5, I didn't know if we were going to get there, but we've made it. We've arrived. I want to bring a greeting uh, to everybody who's here today, especially to our elementary age kids who are in the room today as well. Would you guys all greet all of our elementary students? We're glad that you're here. You made it. Typically on the fifth Sunday of every, uh, throughout the year, on the fifth Sundays of the month, um, we invite all the elementary age students and kids to worship with us. We want them to be able to get familiar with, maybe you'd call it big church and what that looks like as they graduate from fifth grade and make their way into the worship service. Um, We don't ever want it to feel foreign or awkward. Um, Maybe we need to incorporate some more of their dances in here too. What do you think? Maybe we could try that. Um, But uh, we welcome all of our 412 elementary age students here today. Thank you guys for joining us. And we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to go ahead and get into the text today. If you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry for the word of God this morning, say, let's eat. eat. Father, we pray that right now, right now, right now, right now, we've been praying throughout this service. We just want to have an ever-increasing dialogue with you. God, would you continue to just meet us here, speak to us, teach us, free us, feed us through your word, cleanse us through your word, wash us with your word, convict us through your word, pierce our hearts with your word. Love on us through your word. Give us a word from your word. We don't need to hear another message from a person. We got enough of those. We need to hear a word from God through a person. So, Lord, I pray you would give us ears to hear, a heart that's open to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, just a couple disclaimers and reminders from the word. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 says it like this. Paul, he's the author of this letter. He's the pastor and planter of the Ephesian church. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints. Everybody say, to the saints. To the saints saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. If you would ask today, hey, what's a biblical saint? I would say a biblical saint is somebody who's put their faith in Jesus and is now faithful in Christ Jesus. A a saint is not somebody who's so far advanced in their walk with Christ that they get this little statue on top of your car dashboard and protects you while you travel. That would be an erroneous view of sainthood. Jesus is the only true and ever set apart, capital S, saint. When we put our faith in him, we get added to his team as little saints, all right? Right? And, and so Paul's writing to those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Another expression of sainthood, if you would, would be found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. So really a saint 
is somebody who's put their faith in Jesus. They're a sinful person. They've recognized that they're sinful. They've recognized that they've missed God's mark. They've recognized, you know what, I am a sinner, that I'm in desperate need of a Savior. They hear, there's a Savior. You can have him. You can get saved. They put their faith in him. His name is Jesus. And then Jesus fills those people with his very own Spirit, capital S. And he goes, those are the saints. They're filled with the Spirit. They're faithful in Christ. And I pray that our church will be filled with them, the saints. Here's why it's important that we just go ahead and make known of that. It's important because Paul is writing under the, the idea that he's writing the saints. Spirit-filled family, that's the series we're in. Paul's, he's, he's assuming, if you would, that he's writing to Spirit-filled people. So today, if you're not filled with the Spirit... If you're not, in quote, a saint, somebody who's following Jesus, some of the stuff that we're talking about might not make sense to you, but let me go ahead and just lean into the awkwardness for a second. The invitation is here, right? To believe in Jesus is not something that you really have to work hard to do. It's something that you have to convince yourself that I can't save myself. The person next to me can't save me either. The only one who can is, is, is Christ, and so I'm going to put my faith up in him and then he's going to give me direction through his word, this, this basic instruction for everyday living, right? This Bible. And we're going, to, we're going to look at it and say, okay, Jesus, speak to me through it. right? And he's going to give us some instruction for spirit-filled people here today. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Right? So if you're not spirit-filled today, believe in Jesus. Go to him with your heart and say, Jesus, I need you. I need your spirit. Adopt me into your family. And here's the promise. He will. It says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He will. And so this is the instruction written to the church in Ephesus, which was much like churches in Las Vegas today. And he says in chapter 6, starting in verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen. <laughs> I was waiting for one. Somebody. Somebody. I thought this was your parents. This was your cue. This was your verse. I was like, man, I'm just going to wait for it one more second. Somebody, I'm going to amen that one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen? We got claps for that. Yeah. <laughs> Just reading the verse is good enough right there, right? And we see this here on display, and it's a helpful text for all of us to lean into, to learn from, to grow from. And again, we are in this series we've titled Spirit-Filled Family. We're exploring God's design for every family member. We're coming out of a seven-week series that was directed toward marriage. We talked about the role of spirit-filled wives. We talked about the role of spirit-filled husbands. And now we're leaning into spirit-filled children. If we were to title this message that, it would be spirit-filled children. And so I, I want to go ahead and address this because this is a message specifically for children. In other words, it's for all of us. Amen? I, I looked up the definition of children. I went to dictionary.com. I typed in children. And the definition for children was a son or a daughter. In other words, us, all right? Somehow you got here. Somehow you were made. You made it. You're a son or you're a daughter. 
and you showed up at church, and this is a word for you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, I think is an important word. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. If I could just highlight this word, children, and just talk about the dynamic of children for a second. I want to paint a little bit of framework around this word, children. I think it's helpful to know that children are a blessing. Can I get an amen on that? Right? The first point in this sermon would simply be that children are a blessing. That we would all come into agreement that children are a blessing. And now maybe you would, you would be tempted to argue with me on that. Maybe you would not totally agree. Just the fact that the Apostle Paul references children in this letter is important. Right? Paul says, hey, I just spoke to wives. I just spoke to husbands. Now I want to speak to children. Some commentators thought it's almost bizarre that Paul didn't say, parents, minister to your children. No, Paul says, children, I got a word for you. As if in the gathering, in the worship service, the wives would have said, okay, this is for me. This is instruction from our pastor. And then husbands would have said, okay, this is instruction. Paul expected that there would be children in the room and that they would listen and say, okay, this is a word for me. That they got a shout out. They got their own verse. Now, this may not be a popular verse for all the children, but they did get a verse. Children. Children are a blessing. In the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we see God's instruction to Adam and Eve. It says that God blessed them. God blessed this couple. This first ever marriage, God blessed it. And here's what he said. Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, God loves children. God had this expectation that married couples would do married couple things and have babies. And they would be fruitful and that they would multiply. God is not just an addition God. God's a multiplication God. God wants to see lots of growth. One translation said, be fruitful and multiply and increase the earth. God is a God of increase. And it's not going to happen unless... Spirit-filled married couples come into agreement that children are a blessing. At times annoying, but yet always a blessing, okay? Children are a blessing. We see that here on display in the text. It's going to be a fun service, all right? God says he blessed them with this instruction. Go, right? Have babies, and, and let me go ahead and say this, that just in marital union is not just going to be the only way for intimacy and things like that to create babies, but there's also ways to, to also be fruitful and multiply through adoption, through foster care, through discipling, through, through being a part of kids' lives. There's a way to do it, be fruitful and multiply. And God says, you know what? You should only be done until you hear my voice say you're done, Right? To pray about those things. Children are a blessing. David writes in Psalm 127, he says that children are a gift from the Lord. Come on, say that with me. Ready? One, two, three. Children are a gift from the Lord. He goes on, he says they're a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He says, he will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Children are like these arrows. 
A man goes out for battle and for war. He wants to have protection and provision and, and, and company and confidence. David's like, man, when I think of my children, I think of that. David doesn't think of his children as a problem. He thinks of his children as a blessing. He doesn't see children as anything but a gift from the Lord. Maybe today you would look upon your children if you have them and you would think, man, what a gift that God has entrusted me with my children. And that you would begin to pray, God, I pray that I would have spirit-filled children. Well, what does Jesus have to say? I want to hear about what Jesus has to say. Let me go ahead and tell you. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus said, read it with me, let the children come to me. Er, Let me just go ahead and pause right there. I love how Jesus says, bring them to me. Jesus loves children. He loves the little children and he loves the older children. Jesus says, let the children come to me. This is a verse that Nina has led with for many years, leading our kids' ministry and just leading our our own kids' ministry in our own house, right? Um, Is just reminding me and our team often that Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. You notice when Jesus throws an exclamation point on it, we should listen, right? Jesus says, don't stop them from coming to me. That means that parents, I don't want to get too far into the spirit-filled parents sermon because that one's coming, all right? But as we, as we plant here with children for a second, parents, we have an obligation to bring our children to Jesus because Jesus says, bring them to me. Don't, don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. That there's not only are children a gift and a blessing, but children are, are, are people we can learn from. All of us. I've been learning how to pray better through our children, right? We were driving recently. I just thought about this earlier and how Nina and I were having a, a, a good conversation up in the front. And, and one of our children was in the back seat asking for something. I can't remember quite what it was. Maybe it was a pouch or something like that. It says, hey, mommy. Hey, daddy. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, and and we just must have been tuned out. But at some point, we're like, whoa, ho, yes, what'd you need? I need a pouch. (laughs) We're like, oh, got it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, hey, listen, that's how you should pray. Like, hey, God, Lord, I need your help. I said, I need your help. I need you to move. I need you to lean in and listen in. Jesus, I need you to help. Until God says, all right, fine, this person's serious. They really do need me. They're really calling on my name. God calls us to knock on his door at midnight and bang on it till he opens up. Jesus says that it's the people that have audacious prayers that get, get God answers, right? The people that make bold, powerful, big goal prayers because we have a big goal God. I think sometimes we insult God with our prayers. Or sometimes we don't pray enough. But I see our kids, right, early in the morning knocking on the door. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. And God, I wonder if sometimes he wants us to have that same type of mentality. Children are a blessing. Let me give you the second point we see in this scripture. Not only are children a blessing, but children have a calling. Children have a calling. Here it is. I'm going to give it to you. It's great. Let me go ahead and look at Ephesians 6.1 with you. Children have a calling. Here's the calling. 
obey your parents in the Lord. The, the calling on children's lives that we see in this one verse is for them to obey their parents. I like how the Holman Christian Standard Bible says it, the HCSB. It says, children, obey your parents as you would the Lord. What a big deal that is, right? That children, hear me, that you would look at your parents and say, you know what? The same way I'm called to obey the Lord, that God's calling me to now obey my parents in that same manner. What a challenge and what a word of encouragement and even correction for some that the calling on children's lives has always been to obey their parents. Now, I, I notice how many commentators said that this word obey is different than the Greek word for submit. As we see in the husband and wife relationship, we see two people who are equal in the image of God, of course, and, and equal in their ability, this different and distinct in their roles, right? And that, that referred specifically to husbands being the head as Christ is the head and, and wives being the, the, the church and the body and calling to submit to their spirit-filled husbands, right? Um, this is not necessarily that word submit. This word obey just means just do it. <laughs> means that, hey, look, children, you're called to just follow your parents' lead. But that phrase, for you belong to the Lord or in the Lord, also declares for us that if your parents ever call you to do something that's not of the Lord or that's dishonoring to the Lord or that is sin, your first calling is to obey your heavenly father who's even above your current parents in the Lord. Does that make sense? Right? So, so children, obey your parents as they're leading you to do stuff that would never be in contradiction to the word of God. Right? So at any point, if your parents are, are, are calling you to obey something that's not of the Lord, your calling is first to your Father in heaven. But your Father in heaven calls you to obey your earthly parents in this text. He says this is a calling on your life. And this has actually been a calling that has gone on for centuries, for decades, for generations. I like how R. Kent Hughes says it. Hughes says, to disobey and dishonor parents... However naturally such behavior may come to a child is to live against the natural order of every civilization. It is right to honor and obey one's parents. What, what Kent Hughes is saying is, he's saying, if you go back generations upon generations upon generations, if you go back to the early days, even if you look at different religions and different faith practices and different people groups, there's always been a right mentality to obey parents. That that's never changed. In fact, today, our culture looks a lot different than what we've known in history. To, to do what is right is to say, okay, I'm going to obey my parents, that that would be the wise thing to do. Why would I say that's the wise thing to do? Well, because every month, I do something that I would, I would encourage you to do that's wise, and that's to get with the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a book in the Old Testament written by a guy named Solomon, who is known to be the wisest man to ever live outside of Jesus and walk this earth. And Solomon wrote a book, 31 chapters full of his wisdom. Why would we not read it? This is a layup, right? This is an easy call to get wisdom. And so today's March 1st. 
Would y'all join me on the Proverbs challenge? Yeah. Amen? Amen? To start your day with, Mar- with, with Proverbs 1, and then tomorrow read Proverbs 2, and then the following day read, and then after that, and then after that, and then after that, and after that, I'm just making sure y'all know how to count, all right? Right? Some, somebody's going to say, man, did you read the Bible today? No, I didn't know what to read. You do know what to read. It's the seventh. Read Proverbs 7. And so what I did this morning, before, I, before I, I, I try to make this a practice every day, before I go to the red notification bubbles, y'all know what I'm talking about, get, somehow get you a notification bubble on your bathroom mirror or something that says, read the proverb of the day. Start with wisdom. Now, what does the Proverbs have to say about this text, the calling on children's lives? I was reading Proverbs 1 this morning, verse 8 through 10. It says, listen, my son. Some translations will say, listen, my child, right? God's writing to both sons and daughters, and he says, listen to your father's instruction. How about that? It's that right there. That's a good word. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. It's a good word. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. That, that your mother and father's teaching and instruction should be like jewelry you wear. He says, my son, if sinful men entice you, don't give in to them. Give in to your parents. That would be the wise thing to do. Proverbs chapter 3, give you a sneak peek, a trailer. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Solomon's writing to his kids and he's saying, think about what I'm telling you in your heart. Don't just, don't just obey with your actions, but your heart. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 through 5 says it like this. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. He says, pay attention, gain understanding. I'm glad that you guys are here paying attention. Gaining understanding. He says, I give you sound learning. Do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender, cherished by my mother. And then he taught me. He says, he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commandments. You will live. Solomon saying, hey, son, daughter, if you just would keep my words, my commands, you're going to make it. You're going to live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget. Don't turn away from them. We have a heavenly father. He's screaming the same thing toward us. Don't forget my word. Don't forget my commandments. Treasure them in your heart. Think about them before you go to sleep. Think about them when you wake up. Think about them when you're on your break. Think about my words. And one of the words he tells us in Ephesians 6 is to think about obeying your parents in the Lord find this just to be a powerful scripture. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Maybe you would ask yourself today, am I more on the wise side? Am I a wise guy? (laughs) Gal? Or am I foolish? It says, a foolish person despises their mom, but a wise person brings joy to their dad. And these are some wisdoms, some principles found in this book of wisdom in Proverbs that would help us do well along the journey. If you got it, say, I got it. Right? So number one, children are a blessing. 
We saw it in Genesis. We saw it in Psalms. We saw it in Jesus' life. Number two, children have a calling. It's to obey their parents. But let me give you the second part of their calling. It's not just to obey, but verse two says to honor their parents. Now, what's the difference there? Well, obedience is doing something that their parents call them to do. Honor is to show them respect while doing it. The word honor, by definition, means a high level of respect, to hold somebody in high esteem and respect. So it's one thing to say, okay, go clean your room, and then you go, okay. Parents, y'all going to love this message right here, right? It's another thing to do it with a spirit of honor. And I really believe if we start raising up kids that understand honor, that they're going to be honoring leaders in our city. They're going to be honoring leaders in our culture. They're going to be honoring in the things they, they do. They're going to be honoring in how they work. And this text tells us to have children that honor. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 2 with me. It says, honor your father and mother. Now, this is a direct quotation out of the great Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. Let's go ahead and look at it. In the book of Exodus... Right, Moses went up in the mountain. God delivered to Moses the Ten Commandments, and he says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, Paul, he takes this commandment, and he says, I want to apply this to my sermon. Paul says, I want to write to the Ephesian church and remind them of the commandments. Now, in Ephesians 6, what does Paul say? He says, this commandment is the first commandment with a promise. So neat that, that Paul says out of the Ten Commandments, the fifth one is the first one that has a promise connected to it. So this final point in the sermon I'll give you is this. One, children are a blessing. Two, children have a calling, obey and honor. But number three, the third point in the sermon is this. The calling comes with a promise. The thing I want to remind everybody here today is that this calling to obey and honor is followed close by with a great promise from God. Amen. The, the, the motivation to honor and obey could be that, man, this is good. Like you could be tempted to hear this and be like, oh, man, I wish I didn't come today. Like I wasn't, I don't want this word. But friends, this is a word right here. I mean, I never really felt the promise tied to Ephesians 6, 1 through Three, until I really leaned into this passage, there is a promise. What's the promise? I mean, look at, look at it with me. Look at verse 2 and 3 with me. It says, this is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? That it may go well with you. I find Nina and I praying for our three little boys, Epaph, Asa, and baby Hayden Jr. You know what our prayers look like? God, I just pray it will go well with them. God, I want it to go well with them. And not only that, I want them to live a long life. And guess what? God says, I'll show you how. I got a promise for that, actually. He says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. God says, hey, children, if you want to live long in the land, the great land of Las Vegas, wherever God takes you, if you want it to go well with you, here's how you do it. Obey and honor your parents. Now, spirit-filled parents, give your spirit-filled children Something to obey and something to honor. 
And we can see a great compliment there, even in the home of spirit-filled children saying, yep, that's my mom and dad. I respect and honor them. And, and parents saying, yep, that's my children right there. I respect and honor them. But the text doesn't say, parents, obey your children. It says, children, obey your parents. And here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Amen. Someone felt me on that. Here's what it says. It says it's going to go well with them. It's going to be a good day. They might not understand it. They might not understand, well, the stove is hot. Don't touch it. They might not understand why they can't touch it. But it's going to go well with them if they don't touch it. They might not understand, hey, look, there's cars coming. Don't run there. They might not understand, I'm fast enough. You're not. It's not going to go well with you. I really want it to go well with you. That, that's what Paul, you're not going to live long. You're not going to make it too long if you keep trying that, right? It, 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 that it's, the, it's the parents' God-given responsibility to help their kids see, here's what's going to help you live long, here's what's going to not help you live long. It's what we see here in the scriptures. I mean, we just read it in that proverb, in Proverbs Chapter 3, I mean, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Let, let's look at it one more time. Do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days. Your days are going to feel longer, but in a good way. It says for length of days, years of life. God will give you more years if you get this principle down. How about peace? Who wants peace, right? I, hope, I, I think everybody would raise their hand. God, give me more peace. Here's what, here's what he says. He says, you're going to experience more peace the more that you obey and honor your parents. It's what we see here in the scripture. I don't want to jump outside of the Bible. I just want to get my direction and instruction from this book. There's a promise that follows the calling. And this promise is so great. I love how Warren Wearsby says it in his commentary. Dr. Wearsby says, that he was stating a principle. So what he's saying is he writes on this verse, he's saying that this promise, right, that it'll go well with you is, is at the same time a principle. So for example, what he means by that is, say, say for example, a, a child passes away at a young age, which is so heartbreaking to even think through. It doesn't mean that, they, that the reason is only because they didn't obey their parents. That's not always the case. There's always different factors and stories, and God is in the mysterious things of all things. He is. But he's saying there is a general principle to remember. And here's the principle. When children obey their parents in the Lord, they will escape a good deal of sin. They'll escape a good deal of danger. They'll avoid the things that could threaten or shorten their lives. But life is not measured only by quantity of time. It's also measured by the quality of experience. God enriches the life of the obedient child no matter how long he may live on earth. Sin always robs us. Obedience always enriches us. Like what Wearsby saying, he's saying, hey, that when we're obedient to spirit-filled parents, it's actually going to help you. It's going to enrich you. And I think sometimes we're tempted to think, no, it's not. But don't think that you're smarter than the Bible. This book has been lasting for 2,000 plus years. Longer than that, that was just when Jesus came, but it was alive and intact even before that. And these principles have been the same. And if anybody tells you that the Bible's not relevant, tell them you're not relevant. 
just tell them. Like, bro, you out of date. You need to catch up. This book is actually thriving. It is more alive today than it ever has been. It's still selling out in bookstores. Get you a copy of God's word. Download it. Log on to it. Do whatever you have to do to get in the word of God because it's living and active. There's no other book that's living. This thing is living. It's breathing. It's speaking. And, and here's what we're doing at Walk Church. We're just trying to go one verse at a time and just say, God, how can we apply it? This next verse for us, I'm just the mailman. I'm just reading the mail to you. It says, children, obey your parents as you would the Lord. In quote, Exodus 16, honor your father and your mother. This promise and this principle follows it. It's going to go well with you in the land. We're, we're living in a, in a day and age, and I'll close with this. I'm just going to go ahead and move this. So I just, point of no return. I'll just keep talking. Right? But I just want to go ahead and say this really quick. Two things. Number one is that we live in a culture in 2020 um, that I think is quite dangerous. And what I mean by that is we've lost the, 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 the reality of these verses. In fact, so much so that, that the Apostle Paul warns us because being obedient to parents was such a staple for the community. It was such an expectation. It was an honorable thing to do that he says when people and kids start disobeying their parents, you better get scared. It's going to get bad. We see it in Romans chapter 1. Romans 1, the apostle Paul, he goes on this list. He goes, he goes when God has really just left the building, right? When God says, hey, I'm going to let, let you guys do your own thing, that's when it's really bad and sinful. And God says, hey, if you want to do it your own way, you can. And here's what he says. He says, those people, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Like, I just kind of find that funny, like, this whole, like, bad, bold list. And then he's like, he, like that, that's the marker right there. They even disobey their parents, y'all. Can you believe it? And in our culture, we're like, yeah, we believe that because that's common. That was never common, though. That, that, was, that was a moment. In fact, Paul tells Timothy in the books of First and Second Timothy, he says, here, they, they said, hey, when will we know when Jesus is coming back? Paul says one of the clear indicators that when Jesus is coming back is when children start disobeying their parents. That's how you'll know. Because this thing right here robs us of life, robs us of peace, robs us of the long life that maybe God would have a calling on you for. So I just want to encourage you to pray about it. I can't give you your next step. I'm just giving you the instruction from the Lord. And the last verse that I'll quote, and I'll step down, is Psalm chapter 65. And David writes in this psalm, he says that God is a father to the fatherless, a protector of widows. And, and I just want to encourage you today, because maybe you might be struggling with this sermon, and I want to be... I want to be sympathetic toward that. He says that he's a father of the fatherless. The protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. And I want to just encourage you that today, maybe if you don't know your father or if you've grown up absent of a father or a mother, that God says, can I be that? I want to be the father to the fatherless. He wants to be that for you. He wants to be that to you. He wants to be that in your life. And then these same principles and verses can follow 
for you with God. He loves you that much. So let's go ahead and talk to the Father right now. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We pray by the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. God, we are desperate for you. We really do need you. God, we really do. I pray for every child in the room right now that they would hear this message and it would help them. Pray for every parent in the room that they would hear this message and it would help them. And God, I pray right now in Jesus Christ's name that you would help all of us to figure out where we land in these verses and help us to apply it. God, help us to not deceive ourselves and and to just be hearers but not doers. That, Jesus, you love when we take your word and apply it. It'll help us. So, God, if there's anybody here in the room that does not know you as their father, that doesn't know you as their steadfast God, Lord, King, and Dad, that, God, I pray today, that they would invite you to be the savior and dad of their lives. You've already invited us. Jesus, you tell us in John chapter one that for all who receive you, you'll give them the right to become a child of God. So today, if you need to receive Jesus right now in this moment, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you just need to receive him and you know that this is a word for you, would you just lift your hand right now? different people in the room right now. You're not alone. Father, I pray for everybody that lifted their hand. And Jesus, I pray you'd give them a high five and a hug and say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. That right now as you lift your hand, you'd say this prayer with me. And let's all pray it together. Father, I believe. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. I turn from my sin. I believe you died for all my sin. You rose from the grave, that you're coming again, and that you love me. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Praise him.